I was just listening to it and I was struck by it because I could go on and on analyzing like Kate Bush and the way she uses synthesizers, the way she combines like traditional instruments with like electronic instruments, the way like the way she composes. I could go on and on about things like the layering. <laughs> so I listened to this and it's just Kate Bush. And then I sent it to my Irish friend, my best friend, Harry lives in Dublin, was born and raised there. And I was like, this is really beautiful. I think you'd like it after he listened to it. Wow. I can imagine Kate in a pub, one finger in her ear and holding a half-drunk pint of stout, beginning to sing this, and people around her start to shush everyone in the pub to listen, which is something that actually happens with traditional songs and um, Chano songs here. Still love her dedication to Ireland. <laughs> Because I could, the way he described it, I could see it so clearly. There was like this whole other cultural element to it that I had no idea about. And he explained it in like a short paragraph and it was beautiful. And it just made me like it even more. Like it already, I already loved it because it's like the freak of Kate Bush's catalog with regards to like instrumentation or lack thereof. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, definitely. That just made it even cooler, and now I'm like a big fan. Welcome to Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I am Cecily Link, and this week we are going to be talking about a b-side we're continuing through all of the b-sides and the collaborations and all that other stuff from the hounds of love season all those non-album tracks are still just as really great to discuss especially this one and this week we're going to be talking about my leg in love when rainy nights are so And autumn leaves are falling. I to talk about the song this week is someone who hasn't been on the show before so she's a noob and we're calling all the way to canada to talk with i'm marlo i i'm a writer i'm a musician i make kate bush memes i i'm kind of in between a lot of things right now but is there anything specific i should say i think that's about covers it and also you're active on twitter which is how i found you that's true. I am active on Twitter, also Instagram. So we're here to talk about a, uh, let's see, this is, I think, the second ever acapella song that Kate Bush has ever released. Um, I mean, if you count Night Scented Stock, which was just piles of her voices, but this time, this I is just... Night Scented Stock, while it is acapella, like, it's also kind of like, just... It has a lot more layers to it. 
Yeah, and and that's one where I was like, I'm like, eh. But this one is like, okay, I'm Kate. Hi, I'm Kate Bush. I'm standing in front of a microphone. I don't have anybody else behind me, and I'm just singing straight to you. And it's just, it's very interesting that this is all just like you just hear just her pure raw voice. And I mean, there's all, reverb. I mean, yes, there is a little <laughs> bit of reverb. But I mean, there is that there. You don't have alien pipes behind her. You don't have drums. You don't have piano. Nothing. It's just. I don't know, like, hey, Kate Bush singing in the shower. Which is shocking, because she, she loves alien pipes. So yes, she does. <laughs> she does love it. So we're going to talk about My Leg in Love, which was a B-side to the uh, 12-inch version of the single Cloud Busting. No, it's Hounds of Love. And, oh, wait, or did I write it wrong? I must and only the wrong. U.S. version, because earlier today, when preparing to talk, to Cecily about this stuff. <laughs> I went downstairs and a few years back I went to Sweden and they had I went to a record store cuz I'm weird and I love Swedish music so I was buying a bunch of like music by Swedish artists or like pre ABBA solo albums cuz they were all famous there before they became ABBA it's a mm-hmm. super group it's weird. And then I found this section of all these Kate Bush singles and they were UK pressings and so I, so Cecily told me that it was like the B side, the second B, like song on the B side after like the alternative edition of Hounds of Love. And I looked at mine and it was, um, what was it? It was the handsome cabin boy on mine, I think. And, but mine's a UK pressing. So I looked it up and cause I was like, what the hell? And yeah, turns out it's a US exclusive. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so it was, although it's weird because on Kate Bush Encyclopedia, it says that it's, it was for cloud busting. I guess they're wrong. It must have been. Yeah, it was probably just one of the, it, one of those territorial things. Well, yeah, I mean, we're... was it on cloud busting in the UK? Was it my like and love? Their... Was recorded with new original lyrics by Kate Bush, although actually that's kind of disputed there because there's, as mm. we get to talk yeah, it about it. it wasn't Kate. It wasn't actually Kate. Uh, first released in 1985 as the second B-side track to the 12-inch version of Cloud Busting. Let me, let me check. Uh, the track was first released on CD as part of the This Woman's Work uh, anthology, 1978 to 1990 box set. And it was also included in the 1997 EMI Centenary re-release of Hounds of Love and on the most recent release for The Other Sides. Which, yes, in others' words as in well. Others That's words. the part of the compilation on, which also hints that she didn't write these lyrics. Yeah, seriously, no. And also, she didn't write the song either, because as we're going to get into it, this is actually an old Irish song, but she doesn't sing it with the original lyrics. She sings it with different lyrics. It's which very interesting. Is very which. It's very folk song, really. Like, oh, we just hear this random tune that everybody's singing, and, you know, I feel like putting other lyrics to it. And so that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, it is on cloud busting on the UK pressing. Yeah, so it was one the of those territorial inch. things. But in, in North America, it's Hounds of Love, the 12-inch. Yeah, that very is just weird. I'm glad that we did the research. <laughs> I'm glad we did. <laughs> We've really cleared this up for everyone listening. Yes. Uh, so, 
Well, what is kind of your, I always like to ask people, especially first timers, like, hey, what is your, kind of your story with this song? Why is it a favorite? So why did, why is My Leg in Love a notable song for you? Well, the first time I heard it was when I was listening to, um, well, I have the This Woman's Work box set on CD, hopefully one day on vinyl, because I'm, I'm one of those people where, like, I don't know what's good for me, not to accidentally quote Kate Bush. I did not plan that. I really did not. I am sorry. That's tacky. Um, but I'll, like, I'll, like, with my special interests, I'll go out of my way to like get something like a specific pressing or just like a box that I really want. Like I have most of her singles as singles, seven and 12 inch, but I'm still going to buy the single file. Cause I don't, because like, I don't understand money who needs to eat anyway. Um, <laughs> so I was just listening to it and I was struck by it because I could go on and on analyzing like, Kate Bush and the way she uses synthesizers, the way she combines like traditional instruments with like electronic instruments, the way like the way she composes. I could go on and on about things like the layering, using effects like the phaser on um oh leave it open. I I mean I don't hate it, but <laughs> but I think it's a little like I think I think she made it a little too wet like. She could have turned the effect down a little, and it would have been really good, I think. I like the phaser. It's just a little too much of it. Um, <laughs> so I listened to this, and it's just Kate Bush, um, some reverb. I don't know if she... Didn't she have, like, a tile reverb room at the farm? Mm-hmm. So maybe that, or maybe a rack reverb. Like, probably some compression, because you always want to throw some compression on yes. when you're um, making music. And um, EQ, whatever EQing may or may have not been there. That's all there is, aside from Kate Bush. And then I sent it to my Irish friend. My best friend, Harry, lives in Dublin, was born and raised there. And um, so I sent it to him. And I was like, this is really beautiful. I think you'd like it, like, because he thinks that, Kate Bush being half Irish is really cool because he's Irish and Irish people are cool. That's true. Um, <laughs> so, and I, I actually looked up the message he sent me because we were texting after he listened to it. Wow. I can imagine Kate in a pub, one finger in her ear and holding a half drunk pint of stout beginning to sing this and people around her start to shush everyone in the pub to listen, which is something that actually happens with traditional songs and um, Chano songs here. Still love her dedication to Ireland. Mm, that's so sweet. And I, that made it even more interesting to me, like, because I could, the way he described it, I could see it so clearly. There was, like, this whole other cultural element to it that I had no idea about, and he explained it in, like, a short paragraph and it was beautiful and it just made me like it even more like it already i already loved it because it's like the freak of kate bush's catalog with regards to like instrumentation or lack thereof yeah like, oh definitely that just made it even cooler and now i'm like a big fan
And I have to say, this song for me isn't in my personal Kate top ten. But it's if if I have to look at like B sides, then this is one of my top favorites. B side. It it really is. I mean, you get the I get the impression with with this song and like my my history with it is that I first heard it on the this woman's work box set. And me too. Um, yeah, I mean, like you, yeah. And when we, we when we were talking like before the show, and you know, shooting the shit and stuff, and mm-hmm. that's where I heard it. And you know, until then, you, there was no I other mean, real way to hear this song because I don't collect the vinyl. Unless you collect and all that. a lot of vinyl, yeah. And I Which don't I do. collect a lot of vinyl, so I I heard this song and I was aware of it. Like I knew the title. I went, okay, I think that this is something like traditional. I'm not sure. Like it just kind of has that sound to it. Mm-hmm. And then like the more I dug into the song and kind of just sat with it, I just, I, I guess I, I, it, this may not be a top 10, but it is like one of my favorite B-sides of hers because it is for all the wonderful production that Kate Bush can fucking do. This and is there's just, so much of it. And yeah, and there really is, and especially in this area with all the drums and all her voices. I fucking love that stuff. But this is like, okay, I'm just going to go out to the barn after maybe having a couple of smokes and having some smokes, tea. Quote and, yeah, smokes, quote-unquote. Yes, smokes, quote-unquote. I'm going to go out to the barn, and I'm going to have just Dell record me or something, or we're having somebody like press the button to record I'm going to stand in front of the microphone. I mean, she could have done it herself. Yeah, or she could have. And just press record (laughs) and stand in front of the microphone and just fucking sing. And I love hearing just her voice. It's beautiful. Because, yes, it is. It's so beautiful. And you can hear. You can hear the passion in her. If You hear the passion, of course, in all everything else she sings. But in this, it's like. I don't know. She sounds like emotionless in like every song. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I, of course I know. So, I'm I mean, but, but this, like, <laughs> you know. If but my but, tone wasn't already freaking obvious. Like, oh, but I could totally, I, I knew you were being sarcastic. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Everyone. So, but this, like, you, you get this impression, like, that this is a melody that she's probably carried in her heart since she was a kid. And hearing these songs, hearing her mom sing these songs, hearing her family in Southern Ireland, they go to visit every summer singing these songs. And it's just a part of her soul. And you can feel her showing that part of herself to the world. And And she's just almost like even more so than any, in my opinion, anyway, than any other song that has such heavy Irish influence in her catalog. Mm-hmm. At least in my opinion. I mean, this is a song that, you know, frankly doesn't need a dormant around it. Like it's a, it's a it's a folk song. It's a, something that everybody should be able to sing. It should be something like you you say the title and you're just like boom, you're off and you can just sing that song without anything else behind you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about this. Like she it, Kate is allowing you to actually hear just her. Though and I do have some it's thoughts on, on that. like, the folk element of it, like the tradition of folk music. But we can get to that when we get to it. 
Yeah, and, and I definitely want to because this this has a really interesting <laughs> There's history. There's a lot to talk about here. There really is, and so yeah, just I just want to say like this whole season when I'm, when I'm looking back at all the Hounds of Love songs that a lot of I think what has been infused in in this era is the sense of home and being around people you love, whereas. I love the dreaming. I really, really do. It's my favorite, my favorite Kate Bush album. album because uh, it's just so batshit crazy. You can tell every, like when like everyone's like everyone with tastes. <laughs> like that. Okay, album. that's not true because uh, uh, like I don't know. It's all subjective, but I just think the dreaming is her best work. But we don't have to go into that because you've already covered it. <laughs> and, you know, I love the dreaming, but there is like with the dreaming when she was making that and certainly even the albums before that, she was going from studio to studio and then like going home in the evening. Da, da, da. And this it's like, no, I'm going to go build my own home studio and I'm going to be around my family and around the people I love. And there's just a sense of like her almost kind of getting back to her roots in a way. I wish I was successful so I could have my own home studio. <laughs> I know. Um, oh god, I do too. Like, like on that level. And right now it's like, ooh, I own a focus right. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, like even all the like some of the other songs from this era, she's she's got um I know when, when it's gonna, when in like not this time there's you know two e two e two e oh she's got all these other syllables that sound like something out of a folk like, song you know? starting with night of the swallow kate bush is just like oh by the way did you remember did you know that i'm half irish <laughs> did you know <laughs> like it really starts with night of the swallow and then you have like you have jig of life and then and then she's just like um, like, she's just like, screw it, I'm going all in. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. everyone's gonna know. If they don't already know, they're gonna know. <laughs> I mean, like this, and then uh, the handsome cabin boy, which is another and jig of life, and like one that, you know, I mean, that one goes into the realm of sea shanties. So yeah, that too. But this is, you know, her just... But that's still, like, Irish folk music culture. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Amongst others, but... <laughs> but just, I, I just love this. It, the, I've been sitting with this song all week preparing for this. And, and yes, I've, of course, I love this song, and I've sat I with like it a lot. I like to a lot of people when I'm drunk at parties. It's great. Um, <laughs> you don't need any accompaniment. You don't. And that's the point <laughs> of a folk have song. It. like. It's something that you should just be able to just sing right. But you could have ornamentation too, like musical, Mm -hmm. I mean, instrumental ornamentation as well. Like you could, or you couldn't, it, it, it works either way. And I think it's great. And I feel like this is something that she probably just, she was like, you know what? I've got my own home studio. I can just go in and record whenever I want to. I can spend as much time as I want to. And I'm not having to pay by the hour and blah, blah, blah. This was was probably something that she was like, went right out into her studio, pressed record, sang and went, okay, I'm done. Woohoo. There we go. We have a (laughs) B-side. And I know that when it came to B-sides a lot of the time, and you can especially see it with the Hands of Love album era releases, like she wanted to record completely different songs because then like someone... Like, if you bought the single, you got something a little extra. Mm-hmm, exactly. The bonus. So, like, if you were really into her, 
and um, you had the album, you could go and get a bonus song, or you could just buy the single if you only like the single, because that's what singles are for. And um, <laughs> yeah, like I like that approach to it, and I like that Kate music. I mean, Kate really only makes music for herself. Like she doesn't like, and this is on the record, and you can also tell from her recordings that she doesn't necessarily care if you like something she's doing it's for Mm -hmm. her exactly (laughs) and i love that and so i think this b-side is another example of that she wanted to do it she did it first time and then she was like my fans deserve a cool little bonus i guess (laughs) a little like hey this is something that is really this is a song that's hey kids did I've you like been... Rich? did you like the handsome cabin boy did you like under the ivy here's another one for you I love you <laughs> So where do we want to kind of go next? Like, do we want to go like kind of like talking about the history of the song? Or? Start with history, because I don't have so much to say about the history, so I'll just pipe okay. in a little bit. So, <laughs> so the the history behind this song I think is really interesting because first of all, the lyrics that Kate are singing, the Kate art that Kate is singing, were are not the traditional lyrics that go with the song. In fact. The way it is with most folk songs, the history of it is a little bit convoluted. Um, And um, the way it is with most folk songs anyway is that, like, included, like, even uh, when I was doing the research I was doing um, with My Leg and Love, um, uh, it, there's, like, other lyrics from, like, 19th century broadsides, like, where the song starts, like, in Belfast town of high renown, whatever, Mm -hmm. etc., and that's just a folk music thing in general, like traditional folk music. And I, I think it's cool that she rewrote the lyrics too, because that's well within the tradition of folk music. Like if oh, you yeah. do, you could just make up your own. Of course, she knew the lyrics, but she made up yeah. her own anyway. But it's it's in the tradition of it while still being something new, and yeah. So it, the, <laughs> the, the oh no, just so the version that. A lot of people cover, like, Charlotte Church, covered um, Celtic Woman, and countless, Dusty countless Springfield. others. Dusty Springfield? Yes, and Dusty Springfield. Sorry, I love her. Is, uh, <laughs> a, it's a song that's set to a traditional Irish air that was collected in 1903 in northern Donegal. And I have to say that I don't have a lot of Irish in me. I've done the spit test. I'm mostly German. And not as much Irish as I thought, given my red hair. Mm. But um, recessive genes are, are a little weird, like that. I know they really are. But I have, I do have no idea where I'm from. 
But I do have <laughs> some genealogy way, way back. Like, I was putting in, like, I was, oh, yeah, Donegal. So, apparently, I have some way distant ancestors from Donegal in Ireland. I the, have no Irish ancestry or roots. I just grew up with Irish neighbors, and one of my best friends is Irish, as I already mentioned. So, <laughs> those are my big connections. So... <laughs> The English lyrics to this song are credited to a, a man named Joseph Campbell, and he was a he was from Belfast, and his grandparents came from the Irish-speaking areas of Flurrybridge. He started collecting songs in County Antrim, and in 1904 he began a collaboration with a composer named Herbert Hughes. Together, they collected traditional airs from the remote parts of County Donegal. While on holidays in Donegal, Hughes had learned that the air, this song, from a man who had learned it in turn from his father, who, whose father learned it 50 years mm -hmm. earlier as a song called The Belfast Maid, but he didn't know what the words were. He just knew the song. And mm. so they took this song, and this guy this uh joseph campbell put his own words to it and his own words are quite different from what kate has sung they're very literary i kind of look oh, that sounds pretty but you know it, it is very literary they're and, very nice <laughs> yeah they're, they're they are very nice and so the lagan that's referred to in the title is most likely the area of good farming land between donegal and Derry. And in the Lagan is a river that runs through Belfast. However, some argue that the Lagan in the song refers to a stream that empties in Lough Swilly in County Donegal, not far from where Herbert Hughes collected the song. The song was arranged in the classical style by Hamilton Harty. This was used by Mary O'Hara and Charlotte Church. And interestingly enough, also, the word lagan is an archaic word meaning goods or wreckage lying on the bed of the sea. Hmm. Yeah, which is also like, kind of gives it another dimension. And yeah, the, yeah. the original. I wonder what the etymology of that is. No idea. I don't know either. I was trying to look that up like right before we started. Actually, let's see here. Lagan. <laughs> I was just looking this up on my phone because that's how I'm Yeah, that's a mood. <laughs> This is what I do sometimes, like in definition. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm also oh, scrolling through something right now to find says, something to make my point. It is of um, uh, old French and English, ultimately from Scandinavian, and perhaps referring to lay, as in put down, especially gently the, or carefully. Yeah, actually, and like Scandinavian or like proto-Nordic origin makes sense. I speak Swedish. It makes sense. <laughs> like, I, know. I can see it in modern Swedish, kind of how it would connect and go back. So, so the now the the original these were the original lyrics that were written for the song before Kate Bush did her version. Where Lagan streams sing lullabies, there blows a lily fair. The twilight gleam is in her eye. The night is on her hair. And like a lovesick lenishy, she hath my heart and thrall. No life have I, no liberty, for love is lord of all. 
And often when the beetle's horn has lulled the eve to sleep, I'll steal into her shealing lorn and through the doorway creep. There on the cricket's singing stone, she makes the bogwood fire and sings in sweet and undertone the song of heart's desire. It's nice. <laughs> I know. And then you also get like this. I look about Elenishi and Elenishi is in uh, uh, Celtic mythology is uh, basically a woman that you fall in love with and it, she makes you fall in love with her. And if you don't return her love, then she basically slowly sucks the life out of you. That's awesome. I want to be that. I <laughs> I'm <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> not me. No way. No, 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 I, I just, I just say things and I'm like, no, no, I'm joking. <laughs> so, yeah, the, I mean, the original lyrics, I mean, they, yeah, they're very beautiful. Very Irish. Very um, Irish, very longing. There's this very sense of someone, like, longing, for obviously. You're in love. Yeah. You know, it happens. Like, love, sick and all that. That's how you're feeling. Like, oh my god, we get it, your heart is in thrall. <laughs> I mean, this, this, this yeah. That's you... literally the <laughs> Where lag and stream sing lullaby There blows a lily fair The And then you, you you contrast that with with Kate's lyric with the, the lyrics that Kate is singing, and there is still a longing in the in the lyrics and certainly in the melody. But I feel like the the theme is a little bit different, and it's this interesting, like contrasting the original lyrics with the ones that actually her brother, John Carter, wrote, and then she just sang over. Yeah, they, they are indeed very different. Because <laughs> hers, you know, when rainy nights are soft with tears and autumn leaves are falling, I hear his voice on tumbling waves and no one there to hold me. 
At evening's fall, he watched me walk. His heart was mine. But my love was young and felt the world was not cruel but kind. Where Lagan's light fell on the hour, I saw him far below me, just as the morning calmed the storm with no one there to hold him. My loves have come, my loves have gone, and nothing's left to warn me, save for a voice on the traveling wind and the glimpse of a face at morning. Mm-hmm. Like, in that one, I feel like it's, there is still a, like, a longing and a desire, but rather than, like, being, like, really, like, spending love with somebody maybe you can't really have, this is, feels more like someone who had a love and then he died, especially I saw him far below me, makes me feel like oh, she's yeah. looking over his grave. Mm-hmm. I have a lot to say about that, but more after you explain John Carter's inspiration Yes, so... And, and what was lacking in the source where you got this information. <laughs> so, I'm not trying to be catty. I swear to all the mm-hmm. people listening. I'm just being honest. And you know what? And I feel like it's it's that's good to have <laughs> on a show because... And it makes sense that John yeah. Carter wouldn't would just say what he said because it's an interview you don't need to say every little thing you don't need to like by the way it was this and this and this and i made it this and intertextuality (laughs) (laughs) so there's a really cool interview that i pulled off of gaffa.org and thank god for gaffa i know i tell you gaffa has been an awesome resource yeah we We love it it. we all love it oh my gosh and this is with Doug Allen, who is who is that, who a is a massive Kate Bush fan, and who got to interview her in late 1985. And he transcribed the entire interview and put it online. And this is the part where they're talking, where he actually talks to her about Maddie Lake and love, which is really the only time that she ever talks about this song. And like, why did you chose Though to do it? Apparently, she did sing it with out of a line from the more traditional set of lyrics at a convention in 1990. I know! Which I found out, like, minutes before we started recording. (laughs) So Doug says, My Leg and Love is another song of yours that seems very sad. I looked up the word Lagan in the dictionary, and it means cargo thrown into the sea attached to a buoy so that it can be recovered later. But you use the word Lagan as the name of someone, perhaps a deity, in any case, the dictionary meaning seems to go well with the psalm because it seems in the song that your leg and love has died. You sing, where Lagan's light fell on the hour, I saw him far below me, just as the morning calmed the storm with no one there to hold him. This seems to conjure up the image of looking down at a grave at your leg and love. Perhaps he will return again when the sun and moon meet on yon hill, Kate smiles, or whatever. Can you say more about this song? And she says, yes. My Leg and Love is a traditional song that is one of the most beautiful tunes I think exists in traditional music. And throughout the years, people have used the song in their own versions of the lyrics to it. The most famous version of the song, I think, uses lyrics from a Keats poem. Mm. I wanted to do a track that wouldn't be on the album that would go on the 12-inch, so the people that were buying the album and the single had something extra that didn't come off the album. See? She does that. And it seemed like a, and it seemed like a quick, easy track to do that would be unaccompanied, a traditional song. And Doug says, "Did you agree with that meaning of the song, or what were your intentions with the meaning of the lyrics?" 
Kate says, I think the lyrics are really just a vehicle for the song. I wanted to do the song and it had no traditional lyrics. We had to find some to go with it, so we pulled together some lyrics with my brothers and just put them to the music. It wasn't at all something that I put a great deal of thought into. Tiny, I laugh. think John Carter put a great deal of thought into it, but and we'll get to that. He adds <laughs> later here, it turns out that John Carter Bush, Kate's oldest brother, wrote the lyrics Kate sings to My Leg and Love. When I talked to him about it, he said that the song is indeed about a woman's lover who has died, and the lines quoted above do describe her looking down into his grave. It is based on a short on a story by James Joyce called The Dubliners. And of course, KT's The Central World is also based on the story by James Joyce. Lagan, it but turns that's out. From <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit different there. Lagan, it turns out, is a place in Ireland, and John was not aware of the dictionary meaning of the word Lagan before I mentioned it to him. But he said that the dictionary meaning really is very appropriate for the song and was amused by this coincidence. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's funny when you know people are dead in, in the water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to talk about about this because let's um, talk about this. Deep Marlowe lore. I, I I I'm I'm a writer, and well, that part's not lore. I said it at the beginning, uh, but I was um I was an English major, and oh my god, if. Uh, like they train you to analyze text and now it just comes second nature. So in the original interview, Doug, was it Doug? Yeah, it was Doug. Doug is like um, uh, a short story called the doublers. And like, that's not right. That's, that is actually Mm -hmm. not correct (laughs) because Dubliners is a a collection of short stories by James Joyce. And I consider, like, most of that book, especially the last chapter, pretty much Joyce's finest work. And the last chapter is called The Dead, and it, I believe, is the inspiration for John Carter's penned lyrics. But the interesting thing I'm going to get to right now. Mm. So the short story, The Dead... um, Okay, so in the shorts, so in the short story, the dead, um, which, by the way, I remember is like almost enough to be a breakfast at Tiffany's like novella in itself, which is like you could have put it in a different book, but okay, James, I, I'm just not going to question it because, like, you know what? I'll the only James Joyce I really need to question is Finnegan's Wake, cause like, did he just write that to mess with us? <laughs> Kate should write an album or oh, song. Kate should write a song about Finnegan's Wake to mess with us. I mean, she's already done two of his most famous works. Why not go for all of the most famous? <laughs> and also, um, Dubliners came out before Ulysses. So, I don't know. That's just an aside. Anyway, so The Dead. Yes, so the dead. It's um the plot summary is um about a couple, Gabriel Conroy and his wife Greta, and they're at a party and they're having a nice time. And at one point, 
Well, a bunch of stuff happens that's relevant to this podcast. So when the party winds down, he finds his wife Greta, sti- uh, like, um, Gabriel finds his wife Greta standing, and I find it really funny as an aside that there's an Aunt Kate in the dead and also <laughs> named Gabriel. Like, we get it! No, I mean, Kate was even born, but, like, we get it. Um, <laughs> I know it's a coincidence, but I just, I'm being dramatic. But, like, weird. Ooh. Okay, so another character. He finds his wife standing lost in thought at the top of the stairs, and um, there's a song that you can hear from the other room being sung by another character. And the, the co- like... The Connerys leave the hotel, and Gabriel's excited because it's it's been a while since they've had a night in a hotel to themselves. He wants to fuck, mm-hmm. and and so and Greta's just like not really there, not really present. You know, like she's thinking about something. She's deep in thought, and um. So he asks, what is bothering you? Like, and she's like, she admits, and this is a quote, like, thinking about that song, The Last of Ogrim, which is an entirely different folk song. It has nothing to do with my life love. Mm-hmm. It's, and then she says that it reminds her of someone, um, for, a former lover, lover named um, Michael Fury, who had courted her when they were younger in Galway. And he used to sing that song for her a lot. And then, and then I'm going to read a little bit of Ulysses first. I mean, no, I'm going to, and so I'm just going to read this. Gabriel asks, like, about why she wanted to go to Galway, like, and he's being really cold because, you know, like, his dick isn't going to suck itself. (laughs) Oh, God. Sorry. I, like... That's what James Joyce is getting at here. So he asks something, and she's like, um, surprised. And he shrugs, and then I'll just start quoting here. He shrugged his shoulders and said, I don't know, to see him, perhaps. She looked away from him along the shaft of light towards the window in silence. He is dead, she said at length. He died when he was only 17. Isn't it a terrible thing to die so young as that? What What was he? asked Gabriel, still ironically. He was in the gasworks. Gabriel felt humiliated by the failure of his irony in the evocation of this figure from the dead, a boy in the gasworks. While he had been full of memories of their secret life together, full of tenderness and joy and desire, she had been comparing him in her mind with another. A shameful consciousness of his own person assailed him. So, when I listened to John Carter Bush's lyrics to My Leg in Love, I feel like he is writing from Greta's perspective because all all she can think about is this dead boyfriend and, you know, hearing his voice on tumbling waves. He's not here to hold her. She's looking far below her. That's like where people are buried. Um, yeah. Um, and... And there's no one there to hold because what's she gonna do? Jump in the grave? Like, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, this isn't the and song I am stretched on yeah, your grave. My loves have gone, and nothing's left 
to warn. Save the vote for a voice on a track. Yeah, like I think it's I think it's I think it's Greta Conroy. Because I, the I story is about her husband and like at the end of the dead, which is called the dead, by the way. I just want to reiterate that. Like, he's shocked and dismayed that there's something of such significance in his wife's life that he never knew about. And he thinks about how everyone he knows, including him, will just be a memory one day, and that's the only way they'll live on. And that's what my leg in love is in John Carter Bush's lyrics. That's, mm-hmm. that's the boy in the gasworks who died. That's him living on. It is love transcending death, which is one of her not not huge themes. She doesn't have a lot of songs about that, but... Especially later in her career, you get. Yes. (laughs) Not to be morbid. (laughs) I mean, mean, goodness, starting with you, I mean, Wuthering Heights, it's like love and obsession across death. Mm-hmm. There's, um... She likes love and death in, and likes to combine those in many, many different ways. And I yes. think that's interesting. Yeah, just so interesting about that literary connection. I had... See, going to university totally paid off just for this podcast. I know, seriously. And you know what? <laughs> Having married an English major, Andrew has, is the same way. He is just constantly analyzing things. And I will I too, to a certain extent. Until you're hyper fixated on it and can't stop, because sometimes <laughs> you just want to read a book and not have to think too much. Mm-hmm. But when you really, but I think it's lovely to just see all these things and all these meanings that people put there deliberately, and every word choice John Carter made means so much. It does, and it's it's evocative, and and even if you don't know. The inspiration yeah. of these. Never read The Dead or Dubliners. If you or if you read it and you don't remember every damn detail, like I <laughs> seem to remember. Well, I just remember the ending, like because when I read it was Dubliners, I was like, oh crap, that has to be The Dead. That has that it has to do with this story, and I know it. And it mm-hmm. wasn't because it was like I'm, I mean. That I thought about that later, and it's like, oh, ha, 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 that's true. Um, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God, it's that chapter. It's the ending chapter. It's the long chapter. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's the dead kid. <laughs> <laughs> Which I basically said, but a lot less crazy. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, for me, I was a French major, so I was reading all the stuff in French, and having did to you, analyze. Did you, read the double, did you read Dubliners in French? Oh goodness, no, no, no. So oh, that would have like, that would have been kind of that, that would have been really wild indeed. <laughs> nope. I mean, we were reading. I was reading French literature, and I was doing some of the same sort of analyses um, when we were reading French Canadian mm-hmm, literature and all this other sort of stuff. But, yeah. but if you just... missed out on Dubliners, like they're not familiar with it having read it at least once or something like yeah you could miss out on it but it still has so much mean it like it's accessible even if you don't have the like the canadian ivy league equivalent education yeah it's accessible <laughs> it means something you can know what it means easily and i like that about kate bush she can be she's always kind of both extremely accessible to her audience but also 
you can read more into it because she puts more into it. Yes. There's levels. There's layers. There is, and it, there's there's always so much to to dis- rediscover about her mm. work. I feel like I'm always learning something new. Oh, seriously, and yes, I love, me too. And what I love about Kate is that she reminds me a lot of me. Like, that's not me being vain or thinking I'm, like, cool or whatever, because I don't. I think I'm, like, just blah. But, oh. <laughs> you know, well, not, like, blah, but, like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so, like, um, I mean, we both like hiding those little tidbits, but we both feel s- somewhat strongly, I guess, about our lyrics and such being understandable so that, like, you don't miss the message. Mm-hmm. Y- you always want to have both, and it's a sign of skill. <laughs> and, yes. I mean, I'm not surprised Kate likes James Joyce. He, he, was, he, he was a really interesting writer. Yeah, I um, actually did a double major in English and Finnish, and (laughs) (laughs) I read a lot of um, Finnish literature for the degree in English because um, by the time you're in advanced Finnish, you can read children's books. Oh, yeah. (gasps) Because the language is, is, is very different, and I don't find it difficult. There's just a lot to keep track of, like, grammatically with rules so yeah it makes sense to me that it would take a little longer for you to get literate in longer works like Kalevala or things like that Mm -hmm. so yeah so I was always into like comparative literature I was gonna do a master's in that all sorts of stuff I love to read I love to analyze writing I and I when I figured this out I was like, wow, he did that. <laughs> it was like key going into the lock. Click. Hey. And then suddenly awesome. like you open it up and there's this whole other world. Like even before I talking with you and digging into the song, I didn't, I saw, oh yeah, Dubliner. Oh, that's interesting. And then when you said you had, you would, oh yeah, I've read this song. Oh, whoa, hey, tell me more. Hey. And then I was like, no, I'm waiting till we're recording. <laughs> I know. You're teasing I was like, me. I kind of have to blow your mind. <laughs> but you did. It was like, thank, and it thank just, you. That, and that it means just, a lot. <laughs> it really makes the song even more, even more rich. And then we can all laugh at Kate again for being like, we get it. You like James Joyce. <laughs> even though <it's> so <laughs> but still
Yeah, we, we've talked about the history of the song and kind of our personal connections with it. Kate Bush and her own words. Da, 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 yeah. My personal you thoughts. You um, talk about it compositionally. Oh, yes. Now. Because I actually, because I'm such a geek and stuff. And since this song fascinates me, because usually when I analyze Kate Bush songs, it's like, okay, what synth patch did she use? How'd she dial this in? What's the EQ? <laughs> yes. Like, me too. Where do I have to like notch the filter in my CS80 um, VST to get close to this? Um, usually it's stuff like that. One moment, I have lost the lid to my VIX inhaler. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is actually this is in one of the modes. This is actually in the same mode. That um, the sensual world, the sensual world, and it is also the same mode as yeah, the sensual world, but it's in the same mode as a lot of other songs, which you can say. Yeah, <laughs> like um, for example, it's in mixel so mode, which is also used in watching you without me. I had on a Paul Tate, and he was talking about that. And mixolydian basically means that you play a major scale. And the seventh note is flat instead of natural. So if it's in a C scale, it's going to sound like this. It's going to sound like... Are you going to play it or do you want me to do it? So it's got a different feel to it because usually a C major scale is... But you make that seventh note flat, and you're kind of like, whoa, wait, that's a little different. <laughs> it, it makes it stand out, and um, it's used in, uh, like, modern, modern mix, because there's, like, different, because, like, it's the fifth mode, it's the fifth mode of, like, the major scale. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, you know often called the dominant scale uh, and um like it's basically just yeah like it's the major scale but it has a minor seventh mm -hmm. instead of whatever <laughs> and then so this one is so this in... song is b flat yeah b flat mixolydian which sounds like <laughs> Which, as you can hear, is also definitely the key for the sensual world. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And and it was actually something my friend... I discussed this with a friend of mine, Millie. And she was like, oh my god, <laughs> for a while. I, I don't really know. I can't even figure out if this is like B-flat mixolydian or F or even E flat, they all may, there's like solid arguments for all of them. And I'm like, I looked it up in the songs tradi traditionally mixolydian. And so, um, we figured B flat mixolydian, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it really does. But, like, um, the, like the reason she said that she was questioning whether it's really B flat mixolydian, um, instead of E, E-flat major writing the fifth, is 
like to do with and this is a reddit comment <laughs> that i don't have the link to unfortunately but if you look up these words verbatim you will find it um <laughs> Many melodies will ride on the fifth, almost to the point that it sounds like the tonic. Compound meters are very common, such as 6-8 in Celtic music. Yep. Parallel fifths, which are discouraged in most Western music theory, are frequently found in Celtic music. And that's why there's, like, a weird, a natural in part of what Kate sings. It's, it's just there. It's, and I can explain that a bit more, too. Because if you want me to talk a bit about, like, Chano singing, I can do that. Sure. <laughs> it isn't Chanos, but it is. But Chanos technically is talking about songs usually that are actually in Irish. So this is technically just tra quote-unquote traditional singing. There's not, like, that's the term. <laughs> and um, so Chanos is... Um, according to this Irish lamp pipe players whose name I'm afraid of pronouncing, <laughs> but you can always link to the Wikipedia article on the concept. But he said, a rather calm, it is a, it is a highly ornamented style of solo unaccompanied singing. And it is, it has a highly ornamented melodic line. And he says, no aspect of Irish music can be fully understood without a deep appreciation of Shano singing. It is the key which opens every lock. And here are a lot of the attributes. First of all, highly ornamented singing, which I really want to talk about because that, unlike the instruments in most Kate Bush songs that do a lot of the work, like the counter melody she so often has in songs with bass, mm -hmm. because her and fretless bass are like married in my head. Yes. Oh, <laughs> because very much. They're sweating in so many songs. And the bass is just the counter melody. And that's such a huge element of Kate Bush music to me. And, um,. So her doing this um, is really cool. And another, so that is what, and most ornamentation in Shano style singing is melismatic and melisma in music. <laughs> you know, don't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Single syllable of text while moving between several different notes in succession. And this is a huge part of Shannon singing. And so is nasalization and very long extended phrases and varying the melody between verses. So let me give you an example oh. with the song itself. Oh, sorry, that was my... my, my <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let me give the audience an example. I'm not the world's greatest singer. I have no formal training. I'm just okay. Here is what it would sound like if you did not do all the things I just listed. When rainy nights are soft with tears and autumn leaves are falling, I hear his voice on tumbling way. Yes, it's very boring. We don't mm -hmm. like it. it. It's all in my chest right now. Yep. Like, 
I can like, hear it. Oh, 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 oh. But sh- what she's doing... Give me a second. <laughs> when rainy nights are soft with tears And autumn leaves are falling I hear his voice on tumbling waves. I didn't breathe right. And no <laughs> one there to hold me. And like, it's like every vowel is like, ah, uh, instead mm. of, uh, ah, uh, like, Hold me, which is like just reminds me of compulsory French education for like most people, which is like you have to nasalize so many vowels in French. Mm. Oh, and believe me, I know. Forcing this song through her nose as much as it can be. Like, if there was an IPA transcription, there would be like so many tilt, like, like mm. tilt is over, like. The transcription of the like phoneme she's singing because she's nasalizing as much as she can, and at one point, and the varying the melody like mm-hmm. in verse one, like the first thing, I hear his voice on tumbling waves. But in, like, the second one, where she sings that same part, like, more or less, Just as the morning calm the storm. It's different. It's it is, uh, yes. And it makes the song more interesting. It really does. It is, and she, and there's this, like, weird A natural that my friend was talking about, and it turns out, like, that... In Celtic music tradition, I guess, like, if you think about it with regards to how Kate would be singing, like, in, like, Shano style, uh, like, yeah, Shano style. I thought I mispronounced it. I psyched myself out, but I didn't. <laughs> I know, you got it! Woo! So, um, like, it's because, like, if you think about Scottish bagpipes or, like, in pipes... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who loves that. I don't know who loves William Pipes or anything. I mean, I do, but I don't know if there's anyone else. Oh, I love Alien Pipes. No, I'm just being an a Kate oh, Bush. <laughs> and of course, Kate. I was just being. And cr- they are all yeah. over the sensual. That when we get to the sensual world, they pop up in quite a few of those songs. A grace note is another form of ornamentation. Mm-hmm. It's melodically and harmonically non-essential, right? It is. You don't need it. You didn't need that A natural in there. It's not part of the scale. It is not any one of these notes. It's not there. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can hear a lot of the other notes in the song, but not those. <laughs> not the A natural. <laughs> and not the A with the little circle thing. That's the that's what it would be notation. Right? Like mm-hmm. I mean like in, in how you would write a natural. So here's the thing about that. A bagpipe or oil pipes or whatever, instruments like that, unlike string instruments, unlike woodwinds, 
you can't just repeat a note. You have to use a grace note. You have to, if you want to repeat a note, you have to throw one in to break up the flow of air. And I think along with the nasalization, because to me, in a weird way, pipes kind of have a nasal sound to them, even though they don't mm-hmm. have been vocal tracked. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it, it reminds me of that, too. And I think that's really cool. You know? Yeah, definitely. You listen to Dusty Springfield's version. She uses the Joseph mm-hmm. Campbell, slightly modified because the subject is male, but she doesn't use as many grace. No, she doesn't. She doesn't use nearly as much like melisma. Like she, she's just not. <laughs> I think uh, people get the idea that all Irish songs are either Paddy McGinty's Goat or Irish Eyes Are Smiling or all those lovely sort of Hollywood Irish songs. Actually, the most beautiful ones I've ever heard were played by a very old gentleman uh, somewhere in Donegal on one flute, and it was really nice. The song that impressed me most of all was this one I'm going to attempt to sing for you now called My Lagan Love. she makes it just a it it feels a little more i'm not gonna say pop because i feel like it's weird saying it but it feels more pop in a way um well yeah and i mean i i'm pretty sure dusty springfield is of irish descent i mean her her like her birth name is something ridiculously Irish. Let me look it up. Actually, yeah, I'm about to look it up here, too. Mary. I know it's like Mary. Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien. <laughs> hmm. She's de- probably not Irish with a name. Professionally like known as Dusty Springfield. Dusty Springfield is a really good stage name. I, I As a total aside, it's gorgeous. It's a good name. Uh, she was... Yeah, Mary Catherine Bernadette O'Brien. Her uh, father was raised in British, had been raised in British India and worked as a tax accountant. And her mother came from an Irish family, originally from Trolley, County Kerry. Yeah. So like, but I, but I think like she was definitely, well, cause she was doing more like soul music. Yeah, definitely. Except for like, like I only want to be with you, which arguably more pop for the time. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a lot different of a performance and you can 
definitely hear the difference between someone who's just singing it because they think it sounds pretty and someone who's like, hell yeah, Ireland, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) really want to get in on that. But yeah. Um, It goes to show you that... Is diatonic. She might do another half step bend or two, but not that my friend noticed. And um, my friend thinks it also says that it's very interesting that the style itself of the song straddles the circle of fifths. And I'm going to leave that one totally unexplained. (laughs) Circle of. Oh, wait. Because it it it's in a lot of play like it could be my friend was debating if it was like between three different keys at first that this was in. It's straddling the circle of fifths. It's kinda a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know about the circle of fifths, audience, you should learn about it. It is very useful. Yeah, and it's a, it's a concept that I've grown up with for so long from being a band kid, and uh-huh. then even... I have to learn so much theory, because I'm really very much self-taught with a lot of stuff. I'm usually a better singer, but my voice is a little hoarse today. Um, I mean, people have heard me. People, You can vouch. How was I? Before. The, the clip. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, you sounded great on the clip. Yeah, see, I didn't sound as great here, so I'm being a little vain about it. I usually sound better, <laughs> audience. Um, yeah, so yeah, the circle it's, it's of fifth, basically just the, the relationship that... amongst the twelve tones of the chromatic scale, like twelve ten. <laughs> Again, and I've actually used this in my own songwriting. Like, if you're starting with say oh actually one of my own songs i like used a circle of fifths thing where i had c it's the key it's a c major so c and then f and then i did b flat and e flat b flat e flat and then i just decided to throw in g major just for shits and giggles and then back up to c (laughs) fun Uh, and um um, I want to note for anyone in the audience who's less um, classically musically trained or isn't learning classical musical theory right now that it's also like known in DJing as like the Camelot system, and you use Ooh. it to um, to see which songs will blend well into each other, even if you have to like use DJ effect like you know, DJing, like, you sometimes slow down a song and gradually pitch it down so it's, like, subtle and then go into another song that's quite compatible with it. Even if it's not in the same key or the same BPM, you can still get there. And, yeah, so I just wanted to put that in there. (laughs) For anyone (laughs) who might know that, but perhaps not the other.
thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. It was great to talk to you. Great to have somebody new on the show. And I yeah, definitely uh -huh. hope that you will be back for more Kate Bush Talk. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would love to be back. Yeah. I would love to, like, because I am into some songs that, like, like, I remember I have a Twitter friend who was, like, um, what, there was something going around, like, with your five top Kate Bush songs. And mine change all the time. All the time. Like, there's usually one or two that are always on my top five. But that that week, like, I was really into Constellation of the Heart. And my friend was like, I don't see it. I, no. And I'm like, it's good. It's really good. It's fun. <laughs> so <laughs> I might have some opinions on some songs that you may want. <laughs> Indeed. Especially on Constellation of the Heart. Because I will tell you right now, that's not really a favorite. I don't have much personal connection. Well, we're going to fight. Oh, stay tuned for... <laughs> when well, I don't think there's, there's going to be a fight. It's just going to be a... Two hours screaming match. It's just going to be... Hey, so... Yeah, what? we're both just going to politely disagree because that's the kind of person I am and it seems like you are that way too. Yeah, a little bit. Yes. like the idea of us having a two-hour podcast where we just yell at each other. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Over, over, just like a freaking album track. I don't think it's going to get that way at all. I will. No, I, I, no, but if it did, Kate Bush would probably like laugh her ass off. You know what? Actually, she <laughs> might. Given the given like some of her sense of humor, she probably would. Yeah, maybe we should do it for the bit. Maybe we should fake being mad. <laughs> we could. <laughs> And so where yeah, can what a great B-side to talk about. So where can people find you on Twitter and all that if they want to follow you and if they agree with everything you've said about My Leg okay. and Love? Well, my Twitter and Instagram are the main places to follow me, I would say. And that would be at Marloyu, which is M-A-R-L-O-D-J-U-R. It's a Swedish pun. It's totally unnecessary to have a username with a Swedish pun, especially when you're not actually Swedish. But I had fun and that's all that matters. <laughs> you know what? That is all that matters in life. I'm sure Cecily will write it down as well. Yes, I will. In, in, in the, you know, podcast notes, perhaps.
thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. Well, we're going to be continuing in the traditional vein with next week's episode as well. This week we were talking about a traditional Irish song, kind of semi-cover, I would really say. And next week we're going to be talking about the handsome cabin boy. We're going out to sea and singing a sea shanty. And who better for me to have on the show than another newbie? my really good friend and musical fellow music nerd andrew martin he is a sailor with the u.s navy and hey we're talking about a sea shanty let's have a sailor talk about singing these songs at sea but first things first if you enjoyed the show and you want to follow me on all the different social networks you can go to facebook.com slash kate bush podcast you can go on twitter at strange kate cast you can also find me on the web at kb that's b as in boy cast at dot linkmedia.com and as always it's linked with an e you can email me kbcast at linkmedia.com and also you can support the show on patreon i'm sorry folks i've been a little bit behind on extra stuff for the patreon because i've been super busy the last few months but suffice it to say i will be doing more in the new year you can go to patreon.com slash kate bush podcast and get all sorts of really cool stuff for your support of the show so join us next week for a discussion of another traditional song really looking forward to this one because yeah you get to have actually somebody in the room with me talking about this song so we'll see everybody next week for the handsome cabin boy see everybody then it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.